0: I mean, he's glad to be here tonight. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I am. Glory to God. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Isn't God good? Let's go to Isaiah 54 tonight. And, uh, I've been thinking and meditating and praying and seeking the Lord, uh, about, you know, our, our churches, our fellowship, uh, what God desires from us, for us, uh, in us. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that has always... Uh, Pastor Michelle and I now you got to understand, we're dyed in the wool word of faith. That's what changed our life. But what impacted our lives as well was this understanding that every person has a responsibility every church has a responsibility to be evangelistic at their core and at their heart because the the issue is everything that we teach all of the teaching on righteousness new creature in Christ if we're constantly just teaching righteousness to people that already know they're righteous then we're, we, we shout and we, and, we, and we have a good time. But the people that need to know that are people that are not righteous. Right? Whether they're born again or not. Because there's a lot of born again people that don't know <laughs> that they're righteous. Amen. But uh, the more I seek the Lord on this and, and ask the Lord for the direction, He keeps bringing me back to teach on our church. And what our church is. And uh, uh, of course the vision for our church is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. But the Lord said something to me. He said the vision is that you win people to Jesus. You build their faith and frame their world by the word of God. And then you send them to be a light in their community. Amen. Amen. And, and in that way, we're raising up a spiritual production center, producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Because we're winning them, building their faith, and sending them. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? The Lord has said different things to us. He, he has said, and I've said this repeatedly, He told me not too long ago, He said, I want you to cover Arkansas. And, and the way He showed me that was our church in Little Rock and he showed me a circle around Little Rock and just arrows going in every direction that you could go. And he said, I want you to cover Arkansas. And he said, as you do what I ask you to do here, all the other locations will prosper and thrive. But I want you to cover Arkansas. Now, my wife's sitting here tonight, and you ask her, if, if, if people ask me, what are you working on? I say, covering Arkansas. That's what we're working on. Amen. Everybody say, we are going to cover Arkansas. Now, hallelujah, we're a fellowship of churches. We're a fellowship of churches. We have a church here. We have a church in DeSoto. We have a church in our fellowship in Raytown, Missouri. Uh, We've got other locations planned. But here's the point. We're a fellowship of churches, and we're the mother church. We're the mother church. And the pulpit of the mother church is the steering wheel for the fellowship. Amen. Amen. So these messages are what forms and develops our fellowship. Amen. In, in the years to come, when people come out of this location and they go to plant a church or they go to be placed in a church, it's these messages that you're going to go back to and be able to say, we need to be looking like what was preached on this date. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. So cover Arkansas. The Lord told us to be bilingual. To be bilingual. Amen. As as a matter of fact, I think he spoke it to Pastor Michelle in Spanish. Sea bilingue, And and, and he showed her. He showed her those hands. Hispanic hands and white hands. And remember that that thing we used to do when we were kids? Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door and there's all the people. Right. That's what the Lord showed her was Hispanic and Anglo hands together. And he said, I want you to be bilingual, not just preach bilingual. I want your fellowship to be bilingual. Amen. Do you you see that? So the city has been given into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. But we've got to birth it. We've got to birth it. Prayer is the womb of the spirit. When, when we begin to pray down the direction that God wants us to go and that God wants us to flow in, then those things that God wants to birth can begin to be birthed into our city, into our state, into our nation, and into our world. God has placed every church in the community therein to be a lighthouse to that community, to reach not just the hopeless and the down and out, but every, listen, every person that doesn't know Jesus is without hope, And they're down and out whether they know it or not. The neighbor that you have that lives in an affluent suburb that doesn't know Jesus, they are just as down and out as the drug addict that doesn't have anywhere to go tonight. Because they don't have Christ. They are without hope having no God in this world. Amen. And what God does is God saves people. God sets them free. And then God says, I want to use your life. That's what God did for so many of you. That's what God did for me. That's what God did for Pastor Michelle. He saved us. He set us free. And then he said, now I've got something to do with your life. I want your life to count for something. Tell your neighbor, God wants my life to count. God wants my life to count. I, I'm going to say something that people can misconstrue. Don't, don't waste all those years that you can look back on and say, I, I messed up and I made mistakes, but God in His grace and His mercy saved me. And I'm not going to waste that time. I'm going to go into the highways and the hedges, and I'm going to compel people to come, because that's what God saved me for, is to use my life. Oh, hallelujah. So these messages are what forms and develops our fellowship. Amen. Isaiah chapter 54, we're going to talk about how we are a birthing church. We are a birthing church. Isaiah 54 and verse 1. We'll begin in verse 1 and read through verse 8. He says, sing, O barren, you that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You that did not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate, Than the children of the married wife saith the Lord. Now notice where they're at. In in other words, he's saying, look, there's more children of the desolate than there are of the married. And he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Why? Now who's he talking to? The barren. The one that didn't bear. And he says, but you need to enlarge your tent. You need to stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. And notice, don't spare. Don't hold back anything. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left. (coughs) Everybody say, that's faith builders. builders. And your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, you shall not be ashamed. You shall not be confounded. You will not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth and not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is the husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when you was refused, saith God. For a small moment have I forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. In a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment... But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on you, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Hallelujah. We are a birthing church. Hallelujah. You know, many people today... Depending on what you read and what you hear, you'll hear all kinds of statistics about how, you know, a third of Christians don't go to church anymore or whatever the statistics are. Well, I believe statistics are relative. I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. But, you know, are are you talking to an on-fire Christian or a lukewarm Christian or a backslid Christian? People that are Christians are going to church. But here's the point, a lot of people feel that you know church is a bore, or that church is just you know you can take it or leave it. Many people believe that church is just religion, that it has no real life, it has no real power. Amen. I believe personally there's life in the church. I believe the church is alive with the life of God. I believe that the church is that entity that Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. I believe the church is genuine. I believe the church is real. I believe the church is full of life. Amen. Those who say the church has no life have no life themselves. Hallelujah. One of the unique things that has happened to our church over the years is we became a birthing church. We became a mother church. Amen. Hallelujah. And in Isaiah 54, verse 1, it said, Sing, O barren. Barrenness is to be childless. It's to be infertile. When we study the Scriptures, you have to deal with the subject of barrenness. Because it's throughout the Scripture. When we look at the lineage of Jesus, we find many women that were barren at one time until God came on the scene. Sarah was barren. Rebecca was barren. Rachel was barren. Hannah was barren. Elizabeth was barren. They're all in the lineage of Jesus, and they were all barren. Amen. See, God is teaching us something about fruitfulness and barrenness. He's teaching us that God can do something when man can't. Hallelujah. He's teaching us that God can produce when man can't produce. Oh, glory to God. See, God is a birthing God. God, Natural birth. Birthing is a natural miracle. When God comes on the scene and people get saved, when people are birthed into the kingdom of God, it's the greatest miracle to ever take place. God is a, a birthing God. Amen. There can be no birthing without God. And that's why it's called the new birth. Can be no birthing without God. And it's called the new birth. Hallelujah. Notice verse 1 it says. Sing O barren you that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate. Than the children of the married wife," saith the Lord. Hallelujah. See you need to break forth into singing and make an announcement that you see yourself as being fruitful it doesn't matter where i've been in the past it doesn't matter what i've had in the past what failures i've had in the past what miscarriages there have been in the past what failures there's been in the past i'm here to announce that i am fruitful i am breaking forth into singing I am joyful because I see myself as being fruitful I see my church as being fruitful I see my ministry as being fruitful oh hallelujah you need to sing and break forth into singing even though you've not borne fruit even though you've not given birth to a child you need to see yourself as fruitful you need to see yourself beyond the barrenness that you, that you may be at the current time. I run into people all the time. And they say, I just feel like God's done with me. I just feel like there's nothing for me to do. I feel like I've, I've spent my last chance. No. Listen. That feeling of barrenness is what the enemy wants to try to bring into your life. When you begin to rejoice and you begin to sing and you begin to shout and you begin to see yourself as fruitful, then God, the birthing God, can come on the scene and produce a miracle in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Amen. Verse 5. It says, your maker is your husband. (coughs) The Lord of hosts is his name. And your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. This is the reason for singing. This is the reason for singing. I want you to see this. The husband has come back and starts singing. You need to see yourself as fruitful and blessed. You need to see yourself giving birth because your maker is your husband. Oh, hallelujah. See, you can, you, you can win people to the Lord because you're fruitful. You can talk to people in the supermarket and win them to Jesus because you're fruitful. You can talk to people at the restaurant. You can talk to your neighbor and win them to Jesus because you are fruitful. God makes the difference. You think about some of the stories we, we talked about. Here's Abraham and Sarah. Now, they, they, they seem to be pretty good people. They're in Ur of the Chaldees. They're married. They've been married for a while. She wasn't able to have children the whole time they were married. God says, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be exceeding fruitful. And, and, the, and the child that comes out of your body is the one that I'm going to bless. Right? He said, but it's also going to come out of Sarah's body. Abraham at one point was fruitful. He was able to father a child. It was Sarah that was barren and could not have a child. But when God came on the scene and they believed what God said, the fruitfulness started. Glory be to God. Amen. Do you see that? So important. Because what's God do? He saves people he delivers them and then he says i want to use your life i I want to put you into service I, i want you to tell somebody that you used to be barren but you're not barren anymore you're fruitful I want you to tell somebody that you almost went under, but God showed up and you didn't go under. You you were rescued. You made it. I'm looking at a number of people here tonight that I know at beyond the shadow of a doubt that you went under some waves at some point in your life, but the moment you went under there came a man walking on the water and he was looking for you your days were not over your time wasn't over he said there's still fruit to bear there's still fruit for you to bear hallelujah I remember I went through a time in my life and some of you remember last year my youngest son was here with his wife and and, uh and uh, my, uh, at that time, he was my youngest grandson. He's not my youngest grandson anymore because they had another one. And so now he's, they have my youngest grandson. Amen. But me, me and his, his, his mother were married, and things didn't work out. And amen. And, and, and I went through a divorce. And I'm not proud of that. That's not something I'm, I'm up here tooting my horn. I mean, it just it didn't work out. Probably, probably two people... If there were two people that shouldn't have gotten married, it was us. But the, 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 the point is, is this. Is, you know, when, when everything fell apart, I knew that God still had something for me to do. The problem was so many other people in my life thought God was done with me. You know, sometimes in the church, it's like you can kill your wife and still be in the ministry. But you can't get a divorce and still be in the ministry. Well, I'm not advocating divorce. I'm just saying. And so, and so the mindset of so many people in the church was let's just put him on the, on the back of the praise team and let him play the drums or, or play the bass or whatever. But let's not put him too much out in the front because he's, he's spoiled goods. Well, what do you do when you know the call of God is still there? I will will forever thank God for a man named James Allen. See, James is a good name. I'll forever thank God for a man named James Allen. James and Dauphine Allen. Now, James and Dauphine Allen have a special place in my heart. Is this okay if I tell you this? They have a special place in my heart for two reasons. I'll tell you the second one in a moment. The number one reason was Pastor Michelle decided that she wanted to marry me. That, That I matched her list. Now, you can't get two more barren people together than us, right? And, and, and here's the thing. She made this decision. Now, now, think about this. Think about how she was thinking. She, at that time, a, a young man from the church would pick her up and take her to church. Now, there wasn't anything going on, right? They're good Christian young man and woman. But she decided, if I'm going to be Mrs. Philip Steele, it doesn't look right for a married woman to be riding with a single man. Now, she was living in uh, Madison, Tennessee. And the Allens lived in old Hickory, Tennessee. They're, these are all suburbs of Nashville. And, but old Hickory was a little ways away. It was probably 25 minutes away from Madison. And so, now the church was in Goodlettsville which was probably 30 minutes away, right? They had, they had to come through Madison. But here's the point. James and Dauphine would load up that old Ford LTD they had and come by those little project apartments that we lived in. She was living in them alone at the time. And pick her up, pick those little old kids up, and bring them to church every service. Every service. Now they were just as Baptist as you can get. But they love coming to our church on Sunday afternoon and through the midweek because they like the moving of the Holy Spirit. Like seeing the gifts. Amen. So that's the number one reason. The number two reason is he came to me one time. And he said, our church is having a spring revival. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a revival in a Baptist church. Right? But here's the thing. He said, I've talked to my pastor. And I've explained to him your situation. And I've asked him if you can be one of our speakers for the spring revival. Because God isn't done with you. Thank God for the Baptist. Amen. You understand? Everybody else is looking and saying, barren. Everybody else is looking and saying, finished. It's over. But God will always put somebody in your life to tell you it's not over it's not finished you still have life in you you're still fruitful you can still bring to bear you still have children and fruit to birth into the kingdom oh hallelujah do you see that because God saves people and delivers them and then says I want to use your life amen Someone may say, Well, I don't have the personality to evangelize. You need to see yourself fruitful because God's there and God's the one that makes the barren fruitful. God's the one that makes the barren fruitful. God can do more supernaturally than you will ever think of doing naturally. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, Say, "I'm I'm fruitful. Tell them, Say, I'm fruitful. See, the the Bible says something. The Bible says you'll bring forth fruit in your old age. It says you'll be fat and flourishing. What does that mean? When the Bible mentions old age and fruitfulness together, it means that that person is supposed to be past the age of being fruitful, but with God in the mix, your age is not the issue. Your problem is not the issue. Fruit is the issue because when you bring God, who is the birthing God, to play Oh, hallelujah. Look at Psalm 113. Am I helping you at all? Amen. This is what God has called us for. Amen. Amen. Psalm 113, verse 5. Who is like the Lord, our God, that dwells on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the dunghill. Verse 9. He makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. What does God do? He makes the barren fruitful. Is that right? Now apply that to a church like ours. He wants us to be a birthing church. God wants people to get saved. God wants people to get born into the kingdom. Amen. Do you believe that? Glory to God. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to lose vision. See, God has blessed us. We've expanded. But we have to see that this is not something old and dead. That, that, that this is not something, right? I tell, I've told people for years, you, you can't ever pull up to the church and just see yourself as the church on the corner, or the little stone church on the corner, or the, or the storefront. Or whatever it is it's a place of vibrancy it's a place of life it's a place where lives are being changed already in this location there have been lives transformed by the power of god there have been people put back in the ministry why because when you're fruitful and bearing fruit the results will come amen in isaiah chapter 54 oh hallelujah Isaiah 54, verse 2 Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Break forth. Hallelujah. Notice those words stretch, expand, lengthen, strengthen break forth that's the plans God has for us that's the plans God has for you you know it's it's it can be elementary to us because you know your past greater than you know your future you can probably tell me in some detail everything you did today but you can tell me nothing about Thursday in any detail you have plans Right? But when you were driving down the street today and you went to get fuel and you saw this person standing over there and you spoke to this person, see that's that's the detail we don't know about tomorrow. We don't know. You don't know your future like you know your past. And the enemy is constantly bringing your past to bear on you and on your mind so that he can try to paint the image of your past and superimpose it on your future. Do you understand that? Have, right. I remember when when uh, I was children's pastor in Desoto, I had the the children's pastors had resigned, and I took over the children's ministry. And I was I was transforming the back room there into Fort Faith, and I wanted it to be a fort. I, I didn't want to just call it Fort Faith. I wanted it to be a fort. And so, uh, I got with some of my workers, and now this is, I'm going to date myself, this was back when you still used overhead transparencies. Well, overhead transparencies were a wonderful thing, because you could, you could put the transparency on the overhead projector, and, and project it onto the wall. And then all you had to do is trace the picture, right? So, we, we traced the Fort Faith Gates, and putting it on the back wall with, with the Fort Faith sign up there. And put Buckskin Joe right there in the middle of the gate. With his dog lightning and his horse thunder. Amen. Every, every week the kids got a letter from Buckskin Joe. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I'm trying to say to you is I just I took that image and I put that image on the wall. Right? The, the enemy wants to put that image of your past on that projector and project it into your future hallelujah but he says I got to stretch past that I got to expand past that I've got to lengthen past that I've got to stretch forth past that What was is a reality in the sense that yes, I did it. Yes, I failed. Yes, I made that mistake. But there came a day that I bowed my knee to Jesus Christ and I made Him my Lord and Savior. And He became my Maker, which made Him my husband. And the Bible says that my husband came into my life and said, now you're going to be fruitful. Now you're going to rejoice. Now you're going to give birth. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. Those are the plans God has for us. Those are the plans God has. We have to see like God sees. You got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. Amen. I tell people all the time, you got to see it. Amen. I've been seeing every seat full and every seat is getting full. Amen. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing churches in the north and in the south and in the east and in the west. I'm seeing churches in small towns and big towns. I'm seeing us cover Arkansas. I'm seeing the way God sees. Amen. 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 In our ministry, in this church, we have to see what God's seeing. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. You're seeing what God's seeing. I'm relaying to you what God's seeing. Every person has a part. Every person has a role. Every person has something to do. It may be visible or not visible. It may be something something that people say is very important. Or it may be something that people could take or leave. But the bottom line is, your job, the results of your life, is to bear fruit in the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to see what God is seeing. What is God seeing about you? What is God seeing about your future? What is God seeing about your purpose? What's God seeing about uh, about the the plan, the detail for your life? Hallelujah. I I I don't know what God is seeing about you. You've got to spend time getting to see what God wants to see about your life. But but here's here's what I'm saying. We 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 are the I believe. With all of my heart, we are the generation that's going to shut the door on the church age. I believe we're the ones. I, I believe that there are people sitting in this room tonight that will see the rapture of the church. I believe that with all of my heart. You say, what if you're wrong? Then we'll all just die and go to heaven. No big deal. But the bottom line is is this. I believe that we'll be that generation. Things are quickly wrapping up. And, and the enemy is trying so hard to get people into this lethargy that is produced by failures in the past and mistakes and things that they did or what may be going on. Here's the issue. Your your past is gone. Jesus redeemed you. Jesus washed you clean. Jesus made you a new creature. In God's mind, the only thing that can be put up on that overhead projector is your future. And your future is glorious. God will never talk to you about your past, God will only talk to you about your future. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. you got to see yourself. I have a friend that when he got born again, he got born again in Southern California. And he had never known anything about God. And he, got, he got saved out of, right, directly out of the uh, punk rock lifestyle. And nobody wanted anything to do with him. He'd burned all of his bridges. He'd ruined his relationships with his family. <laughs> and, and he went to a guy's house. And this this guy was from Chicago, living in Southern California. And the guy said, you can stay in my garage. And and he led him to the Lord. And, And here's the thing. He said, I would be asleep in that garage. And he said, this, and this is how he would say, he'd say, this dude from Chicago would come and knock on the door and say, come on, get up, it's time to pray. And he said, I told him, I don't know how to pray. And the man said, that's okay. Just come kneel down beside me and listen to me. And you'll know how to pray. Amen. See, see, no, no matter what the enemy tries to bring your way, there are people coming to our church that are not going to know how to pray. They're not going to know how to live like a new creature in Christ. And you're going to be able, because you're so fruitful, you're going to be able to take them under your wing and say, just come over and meet me at my house, and we'll get on our knees and I'll teach you how to pray. We're going to win the city one person at a time. We're going to win the city one family at a time. We're going to win the city one backslider at a time. We're going to win the city one drug addict at a time. We're going to win the city one homeless person at a time. Because we're fruitful. I say we're fruitful. Another person that I will forever be grateful for is a man named Zach Reynolds. Zach Reynolds was the man that came into the hospital in Nashville, Tennessee when Pastor Michelle was there with, uh, with her uh, first husband who was on life support. And, and was already really dead. He was already passed away, but just being kept alive by machines. And Zach came in from the Assembly of God church over uh, uh, in uh, Madison where uh, the, the kids lived. He was a member of that Assembly of God church. And if you ever saw Zach Reynolds, especially back then, you would not have confused him with a preacher. You just wouldn't have. He drove a 57 Chevrolet and wore a biker vest everywhere he went, had a beard down to here, Long hair. Smelled like cigars. You say, why did he smell like cigars? Because he smoked them. That's why. And, and nobody from the Assembly of God church would go up to that, that hospital but Zach. So Zach comes up. And, and you got to know how Zach, Zach, Zach walked like this and talked like this. And I, I, I wasn't even there, but I can tell you how the conversation went. He started talking to her about how God would heal him, right? And then they prayed, and then he turned his attention to her. How's your soul? Right? Right? And he kept putting the pressure, and she was trying to get away from him. And finally he said, let's go downstairs to the chapel. And so they went downstairs to the chapel, and he just kept, he wasn't, he wasn't hard, he wasn't mean. He just kept turning the attention back to her soul. This is what you're going through, but what about your soul? I know you're going through a bad time, but what about your soul? Right? He's talking to a barren woman who has not thought about her future for years. Every day was just a day of existence. It was just getting up and going to get enough money to get my next hit of dope so I can try to make my life somehow tolerable. Barren. Amen. But he kept on and kept on and said, what do you got to lose by praying? Well, what can you say to that? Nothing. Amen. Amen. So she prayed with him to get rid of him. But the Lord revealed to her at one point. He said, when you said that prayer, you made a covenant with me. Oh, glory to God. You're snared by the words of your mouth. Now now think about this. Now, he did not just lead her to the Lord and leave it there. They went back and kept checking up on her. They went looking for her. Found her. Brought her in their house. Amen. Ask her how many nights she woke up and one of them or two of them would be standing there, sitting there by that couch praying for her. Glory to God. Amen. Took her to that revival where mom and dad were preaching. First night she was there, she nodded off in church and and mom tried to get her... Get a hold of her in the, in the back room. Michelle cussed her out. That's B.C. But here, here's what I'm trying to say. Can you say Baron? Baron. But they got her together and said, we're going back tomorrow night. Hallelujah. Think, think about this. Think about this. What if that person you're believing God for, what if you just wouldn't give up on them? What if you would say there's a meeting going on at church Wednesday night. I'll come by and pick you up. Amen. Well, they came and they didn't get nothing. That's okay. We got Sunday morning. I'll come by and pick you up Sunday morning. Well, I don't want to go. I'll buy you dinner. I'll go. Okay. Think think about that. She felt a certain amount of responsibility to go because they're letting me live in her house. You hear me? Came back the second night. And my father said, young lady, do you want help? She said, yes, I want help. She got delivered and set free that night and never went back. How many years ago was that? 30 years ago. Amen. Amen. We got to see what God's seeing. We want this church filled with people getting saved. We want this church filled with people getting on fire for God. Amen. That's that's what we want. We, we want to have to have discipleship. We want to have to have Barnabas's and Saul's and Timothy's. We need people reaching up, reaching down, and reaching across. We need people coming in this church that are going through the things that you used to be going through. And you have the answer to get them out of it. Hallelujah. You're not here by mistake. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here because you don't have anywhere else to go. Little rock's full of fine churches. You're here because... God placed you here. And God not only placed you here to hear the word and to be fed. God placed you here to preach the word and to feed other people. The Bible says that when, when, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, and you know the verse, He said, I want you to go into every man's world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that does not believe shall be condemned. You don't worry about who's not going to believe. You're job is to go into every man's world and preach proclaim the gospel and he said there will be those that believe and there will be those that don't believe but those that don't believe can never point a finger at you and say you didn't tell me Amen. Praise God. oh hallelujah Praise God. wherever I'm at in ministry on the street or in the church I need to see God moving whatever I'm doing in the church Whatever position you see, you have, whether you're a greeter or an usher, on the worship team, AV department, clean team, parking lot team, you need to see God moving. You need to see God moving. Amen. I I always point out Brother James, and, and, and he doesn't mind me pointing him out, but he pulled up here that Sunday morning, and he said, I pulled up in his cab, and he pulled up here, and he said, I saw people coming in the church in their suits and looking nice, and he thought, dear God, I don't need to go in there. Amen. Now now think about this. But there was a greeter named Irma Simpson that saw him. And she got with the other greeters and said, let's pray that he'll come back. Can everybody say a greeter? A greeter prayed with the other greeters that he would come back to church. And, And he got down around Burlington down here and the Lord said, didn't I tell you to go to that church? And he turned around and came back. And, 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 and he, he parked and Mary, Sister Mary, was walking in the church. And he said, hey, did they let anybody in there? She said, yeah, come on. Amen. I, I can count on one hand the services he's missed since then. It wasn't that he wasn't born again. It wasn't that he wasn't walk that, that he didn't know God. It was the devil was trying to rob him of his future. The devil was trying to keep him in his past. If the devil can keep you stewing in your past, he'll stop you from the realization of your future. You got that's why you got to see what God sees. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. I I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've missed it. It's not that I don't care about what you've been through. What you have done is not the issue. Where you've missed it is not the issue. It's what the one that can fix it says he will do. You may have been barren for 30 years, but now you are coming into living contact with the birthing God who can make you fruitful in your barrenness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Amen. So wherever I'm at, I need to see God moving. I need to see God moving in my neighborhood. I need to see God moving in my neighbor's lives. I need to see God moving in my family's life. I need to see God moving in my children. I need to see God moving in my family. I need to see God moving in my friends. I need to see God moving in the student room. I need to see God moving in the nursery. I need to see God moving in Fort Faith. I need to see God moving in praise and worship. I'm telling you, we're entering into a season when the worship team begins to play and sing that people are going to come to the altar and give their lives to God. Because God does not have time to wait any longer. The Bible says that Jesus told the disciples... In the city of Samaria. He said don't look and say there's still four months until the harvest. He said I'm telling you to lift up your eyes and look right now. The harvest is white right now. Hallelujah. God did not put us in the city Just to be another church, just to be another word church, just to be another word of faith congregation. God put us in the city to be a harvest combine. God put us in the city to raise up a spiritual production center and produce life, city, state, nation, and world. We're going to win them to Jesus. We're going to build their faith. And we're going to send them into their communities to reach people for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? What can God do? What can God do? D.O. Moody was on a ship and 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 he was standing on the deck and he heard two women talking and they made the statement, they said, the world has yet to see what could be done through a man completely dedicated to God. And Moody said, I stopped right there and said, Lord, look no further. He was one of the first men to win a million people to Jesus. Amen. The the interesting thing about that is when you think about it, when you you look back on on Dwight Moody, Dwight Moody had a great church in Chicago, Illinois, and it was eventually destroyed in the Chicago fire. But uh, there was a man... That worked with him that was touched by his ministry named J Wilbur Chapman and Chapman taught a Sunday school class excuse me I got ahead of myself Moody had went to Chicago to make his fortune and he got in contact with Chapman who taught a Sunday school class at the Salvation Army and Moody would come and and a lot of the young boys would come and And many of them were getting saved. And this Chapman began to be concerned because Moody didn't seem to be touched by the gospel. And so one day he made a special trip down to the shoe store that Moody worked in with the express purpose of making a decision. I've got to bring this young man to a decision because I don't want him to go into eternity lost. Well, Moody was there just to make money, and he was making it. But Chapman came in, and he pressed him. He pressed him about being born again. Amen. And Moody got born again that night. Now, you get a shoe clerk born again, you don't think of him winning a million people to Jesus. Amen. Now, You fast forward and one day Chapman is preaching on the street corner of Chicago and across the street are some players with the Chicago Black Sox and one of them is Billy Sunday and they hear the music playing and they hear the message and all the other baseball players were just cursed and got up and left and Sunday gave his heart to the Lord. Well, Billy Sunday went on, and you know, Billy Sunday was such a powerful evangelist that they, you know, the song Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. You know, Billy Sunday's in that song, Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town, the town Billy Sunday couldn't shut down. He almost did. The bars closed left and right in his ministry. But Sunday, the crowds got so big that he would go to a town and they would build a tabernacle. To house the people, well one time he went to uh, 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 a uh, city in uh, the Carolinas and they built a tabernacle and in that meeting, a young man named Mordecai Ham got born again in billy sunday 's meeting and you may never heard of Mordecai Ham, but he got born again in that meeting. Now, follow the trajectory some years later. A group of people got together and wanted to have a a meeting again in the Carolinas. And they said, we need to get this minister named Mordecai Ham to come and preach. Well, he gets born again. Now he's preaching. In that meeting, several young people from the high school had come to that meeting because Mordecai Ham was talking about the sinfulness of young people. And they they wanted to explain to him that everybody wasn't as sinful as he was preaching. But during the course of that meeting, a young man got under conviction and walked to the front of that tabernacle and gave his life to Jesus. His name was Billy Graham. Now watch. Where did that start? When J. Wilbur Chapman said, there's a young man that doesn't seem to be open to the gospel and I can't rest at night if I'm not sure that he's where he needs to be hallelujah in our in our for you you know what these are escaping hell witness tool you know what refusing the care is witness tool local church hope of the world witness tool pressure no problem you know anybody under pressure Pressure, no problem. You, you can get a soul saved for about $12. Amen. Fruitful in what God wants us to do. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter where you failed, where you haven't failed. It doesn't matter what people think or what people don't think. God says, I want you to see yourself as I see you. And I want you to see yourself fruitful. Amen. I've told people over the years, don't give up. You may be sitting here tonight feeling like, well, my goodness, I mean, how can God use, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I I don't talk about things like this a lot because I'm free from my past. Listen, I've been knocked down as much as anybody else. I've made as many mistakes as anybody in this room. But I learned the secret to just not giving up. Just get back up and keep going. Why? Because your day is coming. Hallelujah. 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 Tell your neighbor, say, I believe you're fruitful. fruitful. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Shall we bow our heads? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Bow our heads close our eyes. Now, you know, on a Wednesday night Bible study, of course you you know you mainly Christians mainly believers show up. But here's the thing. Here's the call that I want to make. If you're here tonight and there's been that temptation to think maybe God's done, maybe maybe I don't have a future, maybe I don't have this ability to be fruitful. Cuz that's what I'm always hearing, maybe I've failed too many times, maybe I've made too many mistakes. The enemy's just plaguing your mind with those thoughts. Well, if you hadn't done this, it wouldn't have been that way. And if you had done this, it would have been better. I'm I'm just going to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you tonight, would you lift your hand? Would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. God bless you. Thank you for those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, that's me. I I believe that. I, I believe that that's what the enemy's trying to do. In my life. Hallelujah. If you're watching online and that's you. God wants to make you free tonight. Folks, while we have our heads bowed and eyes closed. I want you to understand. I am so unconcerned about the eloquency of my sermons. I'm so unconcerned about having every point and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a reason for every point. I want to see people saved. I want to see people born again. I want to see lives changed. That's what we're on the earth for. Hallelujah. If you're online watching, and that's you, I want you in a moment, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're watching online and you're not born again, this is your opportunity. I'm going to give an altar call. I believe everybody here is born again. That's not the point. I, I want to make sure that we always have an open door for people that need Jesus. So if you're watching online, you're not born again. I want you to simply say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus came to the earth, that He died, that He rose again, and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. And I'm saved in Jesus' name. Now if you said that with us, I believe you're born again. Those of you that raised your hands, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but here's what I am going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody to say this with me, especially those that raised your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I heard the word tonight. I believe that you want me to be fruitful and free from my past and free from my failures. I take this opportunity to take that picture off the projector And not allow it to be used against me again. I am a fruitful vine. I am one that brings forth much fruit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now just before we stand and go. Would you just find somebody there next to you or behind you or around you. Just put your hand on their shoulder and just take a moment and pray for them. Just take a moment and pray for them. Go find somebody and just take a moment and pray for them. Pray pray the goodness of God on them. Pray that they'd find their purpose, their reason. Pray they'd be fruitful. Father, we pray one for another in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our brother, our sister tonight. Lord, that they would be fruitful in the things of God. Father, that they would be fruitful in the plan and the purpose that you have for their life. Father, that they would see their past as gone and their future as what is relevant and real in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, that they would see themselves as a person able to bring forth fruit into the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank You. I thank You that every minister realizes their anointings, their strengths, that they have the plan of God working on their behalf in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank You for boldness in all of Your people. Lord, that they would witness and share their faith and that we would see people born again into the kingdom of God. And Lord, we love each other. We love each other. We pray for each other. And because of that, we're healed in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God good? Oh, praise God. Are you fruitful? Amen. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to close with this. It's nights like this that you're going to look back on and you're going to say, my life changed that night. Yes, sir. It's not just trying to fire people up. Hallelujah. It's, it's seeing the purpose for what God's placed us here for. God did not bring you through what He brought you through for you not to tell somebody else or disciple somebody how they, how they can get through it. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? And, and, and everybody in here has got a story. Whether you're young or old, white, black, Latino, preacher, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I refuse to be so knowledgeable that I forget where I came from. I refuse that. I've never been a person that talks very much. I don't just make comments. I remember where God brought me from. Amen. I remember laying in that field in Dow Hart, Texas with two men trying to kill me. And the Lord woke my mother up in Greenup County, Kentucky and said, you need to pray for your son right now because the devil's trying to take his life. I was away from God. But my mother woke up and prayed. And mysteriously, people say, they stopped their assault on me. No, it wasn't a mystery. Somebody was praying. There are people in your life that if you don't pray for them, nobody else is. And I've got to make that decision. That I right? I'm going to be there, Wilbur Chapman. I want to make sure that you're right with God. Do you see that? I'm not going to continue, but I need you to see that. When I see my neighbor out mowing the yard, I don't think how nice their yard is. I think, do they know Jesus? Are they born again? My neighbor brought me some, some Christmas goodies. Lily and I were out in the backyard playing. And he, and he brought me the plate. And he, he and I have a good relationship. But I was finally, I was finally able to ascertain, he's, he's all right, he's, he's good with God. Amen. People say it's hard. It's not hard if you care. If you care about their soul, it's not hard. Pastor Michelle and I went down here to Chili's one day, one afternoon. And the server came up and was serving us. And I looked at her and I said, you know, there's two kinds of servers in the world. And she said, really, what are they? I said, those that are born again and those that are about to be, which are you? Now, you were there. She began to weep and fell on her knees and said, my God, pray for me. Pray for me. She said, I got up this morning and I knew I was going to get born again today. And God just happened to have a preacher come in. Now, you contrast that with the situation my daughter faced. When she was going to K-State, she was a server in a restaurant. Two preachers came in. They were very vocal about being preachers. And they ordered all kinds of stuff, appetizers, and just kept my daughter running, running, running. And when they left, she said, I went back over the table, and I saw a $20 bill. And I thought, well, praise God. These preachers are good tippers. You know, preachers should be good tippers. She went to pick up that $20 bill, and it wasn't a $20 bill. It was one of those tracks that looked like a $20 bill. Right? They didn't leave her any tip. Quite a witness. Now, you contrast those preachers with a minister I know in Grandview, Missouri, named E.C. Morton, that was our pastor for a number of years. Him and his wife live in Grandview, Missouri. Grandview, Missouri is a few hundred miles from Manhattan, Kansas, where my daughter went to college. And he told me one day, he said, Philip, he said, "Uh, Inez and I are about to go to Manhattan because we've had Jessica on our heart. I just want you to know, we're going to go and witness to her. And that man of God got in his car and drove hundreds of miles to witness to my daughter and gave her money to help her you you understand folks we have the answer we have the answer the person that you're working next to tomorrow we got to care enough to say do you know Jesus we got to care enough to ask and it's not pressure I'm not saying you don't I'm saying that's that's the mission of the church what we see so often in the church today is so foreign from the book of Acts, church. It, does, it looks nothing like the Acts church that we see. They were bold in their faith, and God backed up their boldness with signs and wonders and victory. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. I've preached enough. Good word. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you know what? Sunday is going to be full going to be full, going to be full in both locations. Amen. I've I've already told them we need to get ready. We need to have somebody out there with a lot full sign, talk to the staff this morning and have somebody out there directing them to the back. We'll have that back door open people. You say how do you know that? Because Jesus said, "I want my house filled." And that's what I've been praying and asking him. Lord, fill the house. You send them to us and we'll feed them and we'll help them. Amen. Isn't God good? I mean, just look around. Look at the the out. Look look at the turnout on a Wednesday night. Isn't God good? God's good, brother Billy. We're coming to Stuttgart. We are coming to Stuttgart. I'm telling you in public, in front of everybody, we're coming. We're coming. You hear me? We're coming. We're coming to Pine Bluff. We're coming to Pine Bluff. We're coming. Amen. You say, who's going to pastor? Well, I'll start out pastoring the one in Stuttgart, and somebody else might go. But we're going to have it there. Why? Because people need the gospel there. Amen. Amen. People need the gospel in Pine Bluff. People need the gospel. In... Oh, my Lord, I'm going to start preaching again. You better get me out of here. Come on, say it. Say it. Say it with me tonight. Get up here, honey. Shut me up. Praise the Lord. You say the vision. Go ahead. The vision of this church is to build people's faith and to frame their world. By, by the, the word, word of God, God you and, and I will, will always be world changers. Change. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at mainbuildfaith.net. At This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main@buildfaith.net. This message